and welcome to the Settlecast. My name is Camden Busey, and this is uh, the inaugural episode of this podcast. I'm launching a new one. By way of introduction, I have been podcasting since January 2008. That's nearly 14 years of episodes. And if you're listening to this, you probably heard one or two of them or many of them. You probably already know who I am. But if you don't, I'm the executive director of Reformed Forum, which is a nonprofit organization that produces podcasts, uh, online courses. We publish books and we host events on Reformed Christian theology. And that truly is my life passion. I'm a minister of the gospel, serving as a minister of the Orthodox Presbyterian Church. And my particular calling is as evangelist of Hope OPC in Grays Lake, Illinois. And I serve uh, through Reformed Forum um, in that regard. Nonetheless, uh, I do have many other interests, and I do not always have an outlet to explore those in this type of venue. So I decided to start another personal podcast. About five years ago, I, I recorded and released several episodes of a program I called Commonplace, which was uh, taking the name after the historical practice of keeping a commonplace book. Uh, several years ago, this guy, Stephen Berlin Johnson, gave an address titled The Glass Box and the Commonplace Book in which he discussed two different paths for the future of text. One was the glass box, the concept uh, that a text is something of a museum piece. It's meant to be looked at, but not touched or manipulated. But the other path was the commonplace book. Let me read to you a quotation here. I'm stealing this or borrowing this, citing this directly from Wikipedia. Scholars, amateur scientists, aspiring men of letters, just about anyone with intellectual ambition in the 17th and 18th centuries, was likely to keep a commonplace book. In its most customary form, commonplacing, as it was called, involved transcribing interesting or inspirational passages from one's reading, assembling a personalized encyclopedia of quotations. It was uh, a kind of solitary version of the original web logs, an archive of interesting tidbits that one encountered during one's textual browsing. The great minds of the period, Milton, Bacon, Locke, were zealous believers in the memory-enhancing powers of the commonplace book. There is a distinct self-help quality to the early descriptions of commonplacing's virtues, in the words of one advocate, maintaining the books enabled one to lay up a fund of knowledge from which we may at all times select what is useful in the several pursuits of life. So the commonplace uh, podcast languished after just a few episodes, and when I considered resurrecting it, there were already several other podcasts with commonplace in the title. And so I'm starting a new one. This brings me to the title of this current podcast, of which this is the first episode, Settlecast. Mmm, coffee. Well, in the same way that my commonplace podcast was named after the commonplace book, the Settlecast is named after Settlecasten, a German word meaning notes box. Now, when browsing Amazon one day, I stumbled across this book wonderful book by a guy named Sunka Ahrens. Uh, the book was titled How to Take Smart Notes. And at the heart of Ahrens' book is a somewhat idiosyncratic note-taking system, which is developed by a German sociologist named Niklas Luhmann. And he used a system that is known as a Zettelkasten, or a notes box. Uh, you know, if you're old enough to remember physical card catalogs, Luhmann used uh, two of these. And he had a bunch of different places and, and um, 
a bunch of different functions for different kinds of notes. There were ephemeral notes. These are just things that get thrown out eventually, things that are written down on scraps of paper, for example. Then he had what he called, or what Ahrens calls, literature notes. You would write these as you might be reading a book, for example, but you keep them separate from the system. They're uh, notes you write as you read and collecting thoughts, but then they must eventually get processed into the Zettelkasten. Uh, you process all of your literature notes and then you begin to write permanent notes, preferably one note per idea. I like to call them atomic notes. Sometimes you're writing atomic notes or atomic papers. They're basically complete thoughts that somebody else could read and understand. They're not just written in some cryptic, um, you know, linguistic dialogue or something like that, but they're actual developed notes. They're basically the building blocks of what might be a future paper or chapter or book. So then when you take all of the, these, uh, these settles, uh, these, these notes that are, that are atomic papers in my parlance, you eventually then link them to all the other notes that are in your existing network of note ideas. So in my conceptualization, Lumen's method is kind of a, this, a form of atomic writing, a network of atomic notes. You, you need to force yourself to formulate your thoughts and write them as if writing them for someone else. And this is the essential component. This is how this whole system works. And it can be difficult because, at least I find, a lot of personal inertia to this approach. You know, when I'm reading, you know, I think that I understand. I think I know what's going on, but I don't take the time to process it. And there's this inertia that prevents me from doing something with the idea I have forming in my mind. And we can presume that because we have an idea kind of forming around in our mind, we have this, this thought that, there's, that, that the idea exists, but it's only really the beginnings of one. If it can't be communicated in language, is really not useful because it can't be shared. You know, we have this inertia because we think we know the subject matter better than we actually do. The writing is, I believe, the thinking process. Not that writing is the only thinking process, but writing is not merely the product of thought. The act of writing, the discipline of writing, is also thinking itself. See, by using this method, Lumen was able to write more than 70 books and 400 scholarly articles before he died at the age of 70. I think that's just incredible. That's impressive. But perhaps even more impressive than his scholarly output was the nature of his scholarship. You see, because he wrote these atomic papers, these little settles, these little concrete, distinct notes, and then linked them to each other, he was able to approach subjects in fresh ways, and he found surprising connections among disparate disciplines. And this was due in part to the unexpected connections that presented themselves through his settle casting, his notes box. And Lumen wrote his notes on cards, and he filed them in a physical catalog. And there's really a lot to be said about the benefits of handwriting and the tactile qualities of this form of note-taking, yet there are also many limitations, particularly with linking and, and searchability. And so for those who are interested in a digital approach to Settlecast, and there's an entire ecosystem developing around 
what generally is called personal knowledge management, or PKM. If you want to search YouTube for Settlecasting or personal knowledge management, you'll find a ton of really helpful and interesting resources. Some good folks out there doing some interesting work. But people not only use this Settlecasting method and its, and its variants for academic research and writing, but also for all types of creative work, for personal journaling and even for CRM or cu- customer constituent relationship management. And I think that can be really handy, especially personal journaling and creative work mixed with academic research and writing. You might find all sorts of interesting connections and links that you wouldn't have anticipated when we operate and proceed in our writing and research in in forms, uh, in silos, really, distinct categories. Having it all in one giant network, like an external brain, is really quite interesting. So, anyway, this brings me back to the podcast. This, the Settlecast, is an audio venue for exploring the various ideas that I encounter. And I intend to do this by sharing ideas that I've captured and that I continue to develop within my personal Settlecasting. But I also intend to host discussions with other people. I love having conversations. Uh, I'm really a, kind of a man of, of wide and varied interests. Some might call me a, a dilettante. I think the simplest way to say it is that I'm extremely curious. And when I encounter something intriguing and mysterious, I want to figure it out. Especially if learning about that thing might have utility for me. Not only do I wish to explore ideas, but I also wish to learn about disciplines or skillful practices that might be integrated along with other practices. Now, this can no doubt be entertaining at times, but my larger purpose is to learn and improve in service of what I've been calling a fruitful life. That's an idea that I'm developing as well, but I'm thinking specifically in light of Genesis 128. And God said to them, be fruitful, be fruitful, and multiply, and fill the earth and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that moves on the earth. There's this cultural mandate uh, given to uh, human beings, to Adam and Eve, as they were created in the image of God, to go forth into the world and to be fruitful and multiply. So I'm thinking through, what does it mean? What does it mean in the light of a two-age eschatology and the, the fact that eschatology precedes soteriology. Again, if you're interested in that sort of thing or wonder what, the, what in the world I'm talking about, go listen to the Christ the Center podcast over on Reformed Forum. But I am developing this line of thought in my settlecast. And what does this mean for daily life for me? Not just in, in the, the theological disciplines, but the, the whole of life, a holistic approach. What does it mean to be fruitful? And as those ideas mature, I plan to pick them up here and discuss them. Again, not just for entertainment, learning about interesting things, but in service of a fruitful life. But until then, until I can do more episodes and have more conversations and talk about these interesting things and learn alongside you, uh, you know, subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already. You can follow me on Twitter at Camden Busey. That's C-A-M-D-E-N-B-U-C-E-Y. And if you like, send me your thoughts and your ideas for the program. There's a contact form on my website, camden.busey.org slash contact. And I look forward to hearing from you as we seek to learn together. Thanks for listening to The Settlecast. <laughs>